This is Too Busy to Podcast, a show for busy, multi-passionate female entrepreneurs at different stages of their podcasting journey who may be feeling frustrated or overwhelmed doing all the things. I'm your host, Rosemary Callender, podcast editor and podcast manager. I'll be coming to you every week, solo or with a guest, to share actionable tips, simple strategies and useful resources to help you manage and grow your podcast the simple way. We'll be covering the practical stuff like how to start a podcast, what equipment you should use, and how to create a podcast workflow that helps you to stay organized. But also there's the other important stuff like mindset, email marketing, productivity, and storytelling. So open up the notes app on your phone and let's get started. Hey there and welcome to this special series of the podcast where I'll be speaking to female podcasters about their podcasting journey so far, the lessons they've learned, any challenges they've overcome or faced and what advice they would give you, someone starting out in the podcasting space. So let's go meet today's guest. Please join me in welcoming today's guest, Becky Morrison. What do you do when you've achieved your goals yet you still don't feel happy? Well, even though Becky Morrison was a happily married mom and lawyer with a two-decade career in big law and finance, she felt something was missing. That feeling led her on a quest to figure out whether it was possible to be both successful and happy. Now a happiness coach and author of The Happiness Recipe, a powerful guide living what matters, Becky helps high achievers live happier, lead happier, and build happy businesses. She's also the co-host of the Coaching Carry podcast, a podcast that asks how things would have been different for everyone's favorite sets in the city characters if they just had a coach to help them along. Becky, hello. It's so lovely to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. So to kick us off, I would love it if you could tell us a little bit more about you and your business. I mean, so you hit the high points, which is that I'm a recovering attorney who now helps other people um, find the right balance for them of both success and happiness. And so a lot of the work that I do is focused on -on one-on-one coaching, working with typically unsatisfied, but very successful people to help them figure out what is their happiness recipe. And I've also written a book by the same name called The Happiness Recipe. Yes, which we will talk about a little bit later. Becky and I know each other quite well. Becky is one of my clients. We've been working together now for about, oh, it's coming up to a year. I was going to say, it's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, It's gone really quickly. So I obviously know the answer to this story, but I would absolutely love it because I love the story of like, what prompted you to move from being a lawyer into working for yourself and, you know, making sure that people did what matters most to them, saying no, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, so the story for that starts, and I won't go all the way back to my childhood, although I could, but the story for that starts in my adult life with what I call my bathtub moment. And it goes like this. I found myself uh, one Tuesday evening about 15 years ago, sitting on the floor of the bathroom with the cordless phone clipped to the back of my pants and papers spread all around me and the toilet seat cover closed and a notebook resting there. And I was furiously taking notes while simultaneously trying to bathe my toddler daughter. And I had two thoughts in super quick succession at that moment. The first thought was, who says you can't do it all? I'm literally killing it. I'm doing it all. And the second thought was, and I'm exhausted, and this is unsustainable, and I'm not even sure it's what I want to do. 
And that sort of kicked off this inquiry for me of what does it mean for me to be happy and successful? I obviously at that point had invested a lot of time into my education, into getting to this point in my life where I was a litigator at a firm on partnership track. And it was like, what? how do I let that go and find what really matters to me? And so I, I did that over the course of the next 10, 12 years, I kind of architected a path through the law, staying in big law firms, but working on the admin side, having some hybrid legal um, administrative roles, and then ultimately landing in a place where I'm like, okay, that was fun. And I've really enjoyed the process part of that and the people part of that. But what am I really here to do? And in this chapter, in this season of my life, how do I want to show up and landed on launching my own coaching business. And that was we're coming up on three years for that. So I started my my company, Untangle Happiness, in, well, I started my company. It wasn't called Untangle Happiness first, but in any event, um, I started my own company and went out on my own in January of 2019. Thank you so much for sharing that. Having read your book, The Bathtub Story, is always there. It's always present in my mind. I just think it's a brilliant story. And I think lots of mums will resonate and they're probably experiencing the same thing. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I would love to know how, so you've been in business for about three years or so. So how did the podcast come about? So the podcast is a more recent addition, right? We started the podcast in um, just this year, right? Am I making that up? Yes, April. <laughs> Thank you. I was like <laughs> un- uncertain for a minute. It's all, I mean, as we, I mean, a lot of people can probably relate, like 2020 and 2021 <laughs> yeah. are sort of all blended together. Um, I never know quite what day it is. Anyway, but yeah, so that came about because I went to get my coaching certification at UC Berkeley. And the year after I did it, my co-host on the podcast, who is also an attorney, went and got her coaching certification at UC Berkeley. And through that process, we connected and just sort of realized that, I mean, we became good friends, we've worked together, and realized that we have sort of the shared love of sex in the city and a shared desire to help demonstrate to people what coaching can look like. I think one of the challenges is that there are a lot of people who are calling themselves coaches. Yes. I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing, but I think not everybody who sells quote unquote coaching is actually selling coaching. I think a lot of people are selling consulting or mentorship or guidance that is different than pure coaching as we were taught it and as I practice it with my clients. And I say that with no judgment. I actually think it's important when I want to know how to do something, like how do I get my podcast set up? I'm going to call somebody who's got expertise in that. They don't need to call themselves a coach for me to buy that service, right? Yeah. And so all that's a really long way to say that we wanted some way to demonstrate what coaching looks like. And we thought, well, it was really Carrie's idea of what if we could do that through the lens of these characters who we know and love. And I loved that idea because it's really non-threatening, right? I mean, we had toyed with the idea of do we have a podcast where we invite a guest on and we coach them on the show so that people could see what they what that looked like. That's a big ask of somebody to be sort of coached live. Plus, it's a real person. And so you have to be careful about where you go because you're putting someone's life out there versus coaching these characters who are A, not real people, and B, whose lives have been on the screen for us to pick apart and analyze. And so it really provided sort of this nice lens through which to do it. So that's how we settled on the idea and decided to do a podcast. Obviously, I edit the podcast, so I might be a bit biased. 
But I definitely find myself as I'm editing, just getting simply distracted by listening. (laughs) I just think the way it's a brilliant concept. And if you guys haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend that you do. Coaching Carry available on all the different platforms. I guarantee you it's a really, really good listen. So between you and Carrie, you came up with this concept, you came together. What has the journey been like so far? Uh, I think it's been pretty good. I mean, so we have recorded almost two full. So the way we do it is we take an episode by episode breakdown and we are almost to the end of season two of Sex in the City. So we're pretty, in my mind, pretty deep into our work together. And we started actually by sort of just coming up with what we thought was a format that might work. And we said, okay, let's get together and record three episodes. If it doesn't work, if we hate it, we, we will, we'll go back to the drawing board or we won't do it, right? We'll just try this format and see how it goes, which for me, just the way I'm wired, I need to experience it to know whether it's going to be a fit or not. But from the jump, we had just a lot of fun kind of talking about it. I think we're nice balance to each other and yet have a lot in common, right? As both being lawyers, both having gone through the same coaching education, both being coaches, but also we have differences, which I think it makes it fun too. So yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of fun to get together. And I was just actually thinking about like, you know, we record three episodes at a clip because that works for us and works for our schedules. So we'll block out a Sunday or Saturday morning and do a bunch of recording. But I kind of look forward to those times just because they're fun. It's fun to have this sort of like intelligent, thoughtful conversation about something for that amount of time. So yeah, it's been Yeah. Well, you jumped ahead to my next question. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. (laughs) In terms of... (laughs) In terms of how you managed the recording, so you batched three episodes at a time. Yep. Okay. Did one time we did four, that was a lot. Like we just found that for us, the rhythm is three. Yeah. Because you do about half an hour, 35 minutes or so. Yeah. yeah so that would be like an hour and a half. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. And how, I know this is your first podcast, so you can't compare it to anything, but what tips might you share in terms of anyone listening who wants to start a podcast but wants to do it with someone else, what kind of things should they look out for or think about? So I'll say a couple things. The first is I think if you're anytime you're going to be in partnership with somebody else, whether it's for a podcast or for anything else, it's really important that you're able to set clear expectations of how you're going to divide the work and that you're able to communicate honestly with the other person right? That you're able to have, you know, for example, if something's not working, that you're able to have that conversation and to say it. Or if you decide to commit to something, you know, you say, we're going to do this, and then that doesn't feel right, being able to come back and say, you know, I want to switch up how we're doing this. Yeah. For us, what has worked incredibly well is from the get go, we were very clear on who was going to be in charge of what. Yes. So I did all of the background setup to get the podcast out and rolling. Mm-hmm. And then we we knew we had you in our in our <laughs> pocket, pocket as so an sweet. asset to do yeah, to do the editing, which has been incredibly, incredibly helpful. And then we kind of divide and conquer the rest. Like we manage our social media, but she puts together the show notes and the posts. I handle getting the podcast and everything loaded so that it can be published. And then I take the art for the post that she's created and I write the captions and post them each week. And that works really nicely for us because she likes, she is a coach and has a full-time job still as an attorney. 
And so she likes to spend, you know, a chunk of time batching out three and sometimes even more than three episodes worth of content at a time. And I am already in a rhythm with my own business of doing social media on Fridays. And so I've just lumped this in and Fridays are, are my day to roll it out. So it's been good because it works for our schedules. And would you say, I know it might have been a while ago, but at the very, very beginning when, you know, the idea came about, did you guys come together and do a brainstorm and that's when you thought about all this stuff or was it a bit later on? I mean, it's really, we really, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of messy action, right? Mm-hmm. Like just do it and, and kind of figure it out. And yeah, you might be less efficient that way or you might lose some time or you might make some mistakes. But for this, it was like, I don't want to invest too much time sort of laying out the whole structure of things if we aren't even sure if this is going to be a thing. So like, let's get together and record it. Okay, now we recorded it. Now what? Well, I think if we really want to do this, given our schedules, what we really want to have is like, I think we were aiming for six or nine episodes in the can before we even launched. And so then it was like, okay, well, that worked. Let's record again a couple (laughs) more times. So we did that. And then it was like, okay, now we have these episodes. Now what? And so (laughs) we just kind of took it as it came and divided up the work based on what was going on and have found a rhythm that works for us. But really by taking it again as it came without... Not too much pressure. Yeah. Just went with the flow. That might be an appropriate phrase. Yes. I mean, and that's like, that's been the hallmark of where I've been trying to be in 2021 is leaning much more into sort of allowing things to evolve and seeing what comes up as they do. And so I brought that same energy to this project, which has been good. She is more comfortable with structure or she's Mm. more uncomfortable with less structure than I am. And I mean that in no way negative. So I think I'm sure that if you were interviewing her, <laughs> she would say that there was times where it was a little frustrating that we didn't have it more planned out, but I actually think it's come together beautifully. So, and I think she would agree with that. Okay, that's helpful. The reason why I'm really interested in the co host aspect is because multiple times in Facebook groups, I see people who've had negative experience with co hosts. And so I just wanted the listeners to kind of know what things they should think about. Would you, this might be an unfair question. So if you can't answer mm-hmm. it, that's fine. But no, that's fine. say you didn't know Kerry beforehand. Do you think that you would do a podcast with like a stranger, so to speak? I mean, she was a relative stranger. We didn't know each other super well okay. beforehand. We've still never met in person. Yeah. But that's the circumstances, um, I'm sure. Well, right. But I'm just saying like, so I think the first time we taught, we we ever spoke was the summer of 2020. So we went from you know, July of 2020 to recording a podcast in April. Mm. So I mean, really didn't know each other super well. But I think the thing I will say, and this is the lawyer in me speaking, and actually, maybe it's partially because we're both lawyers. But I mean, a lot of it, we recognize that partnership requires agreement. Mm -hmm. And so you have to talk about how you're going to set it up, how you're going to divide it, how you're going to bear, for example, like how we're going to split expenses. Yes, that's the big one. You have to have a conversation about expectations, division of labor, and then you have to be willing to revisit those things if they become issues. And I would just add, if she were a complete stranger, we probably would have written a contract. Yes. Okay. That's good to know. We didn't, which as I said, you're saying that is sort of odd, but but we didn't. (laughs) But I mean, I can imagine situations where you could have a bad experience, where if things went off the rails now, if we got in a fight or had a falling out, like... Who owns the material? Yes, that is exactly the issue that comes up. And so you want to think about, not because you're expecting that to happen, but I think you want to think about 
how do we set it up so that we don't have to worry about that if something else is going on? In other words, if we've had a falling out and it's already emotional, it's probably not going to feel real great. I don't want to have to be fighting about who owns this, you know, or, or yeah. whatever. Oh, who, oh, yeah. And then in terms of finances, as with anything, finances always makes things a little bit stickier. Yes. And we've taken the approach that I took for the first 17 years of my almost 20 year marriage, which is we just sort of take expenses and divide them up as opposed to like, I pay for X and she pays for Y as opposed to sort of trying to say, what is the total and what's your monthly contribution? We just didn't want to think about it that way. We just wanted it to kind of run on autopilot. She said, I'll pay this, you'll pay that. And I don't think it actually is exactly equal, but it feels equal enough that we're comfortable with it. Okay, fantastic. Thank you. I'm really glad that we were able to delve into that a little bit more um, because that is definitely what I see quite a lot of. So people are either looking for a co-host in Facebook groups so there's no interaction, it will be a complete stranger, or the other end of it is, oh my gosh, my co-host isn't pulling their way or is no longer interested. Um, And as you mentioned, who owns that material? And they've not put anything in place, not had a conversation. I even know a um, a client who I worked with for a short time on a project, and she had an awful, awful experience. With, it was more of a network. Um, but as you said, you don't think it's going to happen, but there's no harm in preparing yourself so that you don't find yourself on the back foot. Yeah, I mean, and I look, it's sort of like a prenup, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone thinks that prenups are this like icky concept. As a lawyer, I actually think they're fantastic in the sense that they help lay out how it's going to work so that you don't have to, in an emotional situation, try to also argue about substantive things. Because we all know that never turns out well for anyone. And if you walk in with a set of expectations and document them, then it's a lot easier to say, hey, you're not holding up your end of the bargain. You were doing all of this. Now we know how to unwind it or we know what happens next. Yeah, no, definitely. Emotions can trigger a lot of different things. So yeah, just having something in place like you said, step by step just really helps. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, of course. What would you say the biggest lesson is that you've learned? I mean, I think I'm learning stuff about podcasting every day. And I have the perspective too of like, not just having my own podcast, but as you know, I'm like a serial podcast guest. So (laughs) So I I have that perspective too. And I think there's just, I think the lesson I've learned actually is don't be afraid to stop learning lessons. Mm. Don't be afraid to do and then be open to the learning that comes because there is no end to it. Like you're never going to know it all. You might become an authority or an expert by doing it more than other people. But that doesn't mean that you still won't learn things about it on the way. I love that. I love that. And I probably should have started. But exactly as you just said, I talk about you to lots of different people. Oh, my client. She's who I call a serial podcast guester. (laughs) She Today, I think you've been, well, since I've known you in the last year or so, how many have you done? Maybe 70? Probably more? I don't know if it's quite to 70. But like, I've so I've been at the podcast guesting since since about September of last year. So about a year. I know I've broken 50 episodes. I don't think wow. I've hit 70 yet. Probably 70 when you include my podcast. But yeah, I've done a lot of guest appearances. <laughs> You've definitely done. You've done a lot. And what prompted you to start guesting on other shows at the time? 
at the time I had a book that I was working on publishing and so thought that it would be a good way to start building my platform and building my Mm -hmm. authority and then found that I really, really love doing it. And so yeah, I mean, I could probably have a whole nother conversation about how to create a good guest experience uh, based on sort of what I've seen across Mm -hmm. the board and what's been really (laughs) successful. And then what has been harder to navigate. Well, I'd love if you can share maybe your top two or three. I'm sure our listeners would love to know. I'll share it in this context, sort of as a parallel to the Coach and Carry podcast where we don't have guests and it's just the two of us. That means that we are stuck with the audience that we have. One of the benefits, right, of having guests on your podcast is that you get access to a different audience. My biggest suggestion to people is make it easy for your guest Mm. to communicate about what you've done to your audience. That might be Mm -hmm. kind of like, duh, but but, (laughs) but it's not, I mean, but I mean, like really make it easy. Think about if you were showing up somewhere, what could I provide them that is the least investment Mm. for them, right? Because I will tell you right now, having again been on that many, I share more about the ones who've provided me with a variety of assets to share. When they've sent me the images for social, when they've sent me all of the links, Mm -hmm. when they've sent me any audio clips that they make and post, when they've sent it to me in a way that I can repost without necessarily sharing, that means it's going to show up in my feed or in my content or on my website in a way that it otherwise wouldn't if they hadn't shared that. And then the same applies to the front end too. like make it easy for them to show up, make it easy for them to book, make it easy for them to arrive, make it easy for the guest. I can see a world where there'd be a thought that like, okay, but this is my podcast and and you're my guest. But I mean, think about it. The opposite is also true. You're my my guest. (laughs) Like you are giving me your time. And so how can I make that worthwhile for both of us? The last thing I will say is that handful, and it's only a small handful of the people that I have um, connected with have truly used podcasting as an opportunity to network. Mm -hmm. And I think there's an opportunity anytime you're sitting down with a guest to ask them who they know that you should also know. Oh, okay. And to think about who you know that they should also know. Mm. And it's so that's like low hanging fruit, right? That's a couple of messages sent after the show making an introduction. But like, so powerful. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that before. Thank you. I wouldn't have thought about it if I hadn't been on the receiving end of it. But I mean, I it's to me, that's meaningful, right? That's meaningful networking. And that's one of the benefits of showing up as a guest is building my network. But then I also when I have a great conversation with somebody on a show, I'm always thinking about, well, who else would be a good fit for the show that is in my orbit and is out there wanting to talk about their work? And can I introduce them? Or can I connect? them? Oh, okay. Thank you. I think I've always seen podcasting as networking, but from the host and guest mm-hmm. point of view, but you've just put a totally different spin on it in terms of maybe before or after the interview, having that conversation or having that thought process around, well, who can I introduce? Ah, oh, thank you so much. That's, that's a top tip. No, I like that again. <laughs> so we talked about lessons. Mm-hmm. Were there any challenges that you feel like you overcame or you faced throughout your journey? I mean, I, well, this is sort of, again, maybe a little bit of a no brainer, but like, I had no idea what I was doing when we started this process. And I kind of like fumbled my way through it. Mm. If you are in a position to do it, and if you can afford it, I think there are great people out there like you, who are taking the heavy lifting administratively and who are experts. 
you know, you're taking that off of someone's plate. And I would say if you can make that investment, that's an investment worth making because it removes the distracting part of creating a podcast and allows you to do the part that for me is the fun part, which is the showing up and the talking. I mean, it wasn't like an insurmountable barrier. Obviously, we figured it out. But I do look back and say, wow, I, you know, we probably could have, we probably could have thrown a little money and saved a little bit of well, maybe a lot of like, what are we doing? How do I do this? Why do I have to subscribe to a million different like, how do I like link RSS feeds to a million different places? And like, what is an RSS feed even (laughs) like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean. (laughs) I actually do not need to know that. Like, I'm not going to sell that. That's not going to be a part of my business. And so I guess I would just offer that that as a business owner, right? And as somebody who's trying to generate income, I'm really trying more and more to spend my time on things that are income generating and outsource the things that aren't. And so that's where I land. Thank you. That is a really, really good point. So thinking back, if there was a resource where everything was in that one place, would you have found that helpful? For sure. I think it would have been helpful. I mean, look, like I'm a researcher by profession, right? And by nature. So I definitely like, we ended up hosting through Buzzsprout, it's been fine for us. Are there other choices? Yes. How do you pick between the choices? Like I did a bunch of reading on a couple of Facebook groups and then I Googled it. And then I, you know, and then I'm like, this is like, I can't, I could go forever and never get a clear answer. Right. Because there are people who love kind of every service that's out there. So yeah, I mean, I think if there was like a one-stop shop, like a start your podcast, a quick guide, and I don't know if that's like a series of videos or a book, but yeah, I, I think that that would have been something that would have been helpful and that I would have been willing to pay for. And it might be a great fit for people who aren't in a position to invest in fully supported, right? Like there's like the done for you and done with you. And that would be sort of a done with you ish or a DIY, like an educated DIY option, which could be really cool. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I think that's something that I've been thinking about recently. There's so many freebies out there and I'm a bit like yourself. You kind of go down the Google rabbit holes and you end up with all this information And then before you know it, you're like, well, where do I begin? Right. And I just think that if people had one resource that they could refer to and go and take action, I just feel like a lot of podcasts will get out of there a lot quicker with less stress. (laughs) So that's, that's kind of my thought. And maybe there's even a middle option of, like I said, like a done with you option where somebody like you who's got a lot of expertise can sort of be available, but for a much shorter period of time to answer questions. Yeah. Right. I mean, that like that actually I could see being really powerful. Like I'm not ready to invest in somebody to fully handle the launch, but I want to know what about this or what am I missing or what do you think about this? And so I can get, you know, half hour blocks of your time during my launch period to ask some questions or I can get you to review, con- I don't know what the right thing, like review content or take a listen to something and tell me if the editing is good enough. Or I don't know what the right thing is, but there's like a done yeah. with you kind of version in there too. Just a couple more questions before we wrap up. Is there anything that you wish you'd known before starting out? So the one thing that I feel like we don't have a good handle on with our podcast and that I wish I understood better is how to actually promote and market a podcast. Yeah, I was much more focused on the doing of the actual like creation and getting it up and loaded and whatever, not so much focused on the like, and then what? So I do (laughs) wish that, that I knew more about that. And I feel like we're pretty far down the road. And we still haven't really 
engaged with that. On the other hand, because of the nature of our content, it's really kind of evergreen. It could be picked up and listened to at any time. Yeah. And so, you know, well, that's our next area of focus is to figure out how we could do that and whether that's an investment that makes sense to make. So of time and energy and money and all of that. No, definitely. I think so with my clients, I work through four phases and the last piece is promote. So prep, produce, publish, promote. And yeah, everyone gets really excited and they do all the do with the first three. And then the promotion piece, I think people don't recognize how much time and effort goes into the promotion piece. And there's so many different things that you can do, like email lists, social media, but don't be everywhere. You just want to be where your listeners are. Yes. Um, So you're definitely not alone in that regard. It's just a learning experience. Yeah. And I think if I had a interview style podcast, I would have a lot of the promotion nailed by just having been in a part of so many of them and seeing what works and what doesn't or what I like and what I don't. It's the notion of like expanding our audience that we just haven't Mm. poured into. But that's okay. Yeah. All in its time. Yeah. No, definitely. I liked the tip you mentioned earlier in terms of using, you know, podcasting as a network. But what's another tip you might share with aspiring podcasters? So I'm going to go back to the conversation or the part of the conversation where we talked about people working with just because, you know, you asked me specifically about co-hosts, people, you know, investigating opportunities to co-host. My biggest piece of advice, my biggest tip would be to trust your intuition. Mm. I know it can be hard when you've sort of like made a connection with somebody and you're like, oh, this is going to, you know, this sounds super cool. And then you get to, to the doing and it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Trust that feeling. Do not commit to continuing in a activity or relationship that feels out of alignment from the start. Please and thank you. Like, just don't do it. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, I mean, that's like, again, maybe like an obvious tip, but I think we lose sight of it because we often get caught in the momentum of projects. And so Mm. think of this as your opportunity to give yourself permission to trust your intuition about whether this is the right thing for you right now. And the last words are important right now, right? I mean, it could be that it's just not right right now, and it might be right a year from now, six months from now at Mm. some later point. So, yeah. Oh, thank you. I love that. Thank you so, so much. I would love to invite you to tell us a bit about your book, The Happiness Recipe. Yes. So my book is, as you said, called The Happiness Recipe, A Powerful Guide to Living What Matters. And it's really a book that walks people through a series of exercises that they can use to um, help move them through what might be standing between them and living a happier life. And so it's got a little bit of my story in it. It's got a little bit of stories of people that I've worked with in it, but it really is intensely focused on giving you tools that you can have in your toolbox, either to work through kind of in sequence now, if you're facing a transition or struggling with your happiness, or simply to have and pull out as needed the next time that you're facing a transition or struggling with some aspect of your happiness. So it's really designed to be something that you could use and have, you know, I have friends, readers, clients who've read it, you know, front to back and really implemented all the pieces. And then I have a couple friends who literally will pick it up on a day that they're struggling and kind of open to wherever it opens and do that exercise and see what happens, you know, so I think you can kind of approach it however you want. I love that. Thank you. And I will make sure to grab the link and include them in the show notes so that people can go and buy your book because it is a really, really good resource. So tell us where can we find you online? And of course, listen to your podcast. 
So one-stop shopping for all of it, you can head to my website, that is untanglehappiness.com. And everything's there. Connect with me on social, find the podcast, find the other podcasts that I've appeared on, you name it, it's all living on my website. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I will make sure all of that information is included in the show notes. Thank you so much, Becky, for joining me today. I really, really enjoyed learning more about your co-host journey and gaining your insights and your wisdom on that. So thank you so much for sharing your journey with us and we will speak soon. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Too Busy to Podcast. I know how busy you are and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with me. If you enjoy this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media and subscribe or follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next week, keep calm and podcast. See you then.